Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. You are joined, as always, by the OG3. And before I introduce our guest today, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we are going to be doing uh, for the next few episodes here on the Moose Room. As you may know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's also National Beef Month. I will mention that. Uh, But we really want to emphasize mental health awareness uh, in our next four episodes here. So we are going to be joined by a series of incredible guests talking about all sorts of things related to agriculture, mental health, stress, etc. And I am so, so excited uh, for our first guest in this series. So we are joined today by, by one of our neighbors to the north with the University of Manitoba. Dr. Megan King is here. Hey, Megan. Hello, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you here. So fun little story quickly of how I met Megan. Uh, We met several years ago at the Precision Dairy Conference in Rochester, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I vividly remember her and I bonded over our shared. We were vibing. Yeah. I learned that word this week. Yeah. Oh, you learned vibing. There you go. Yeah, that's what cool people say. Yes. Yeah, and you're so right. We were vibing about our shared passion for for farmer mental health. Uh, so that was really cool. And it's very full circle uh, to be back here now and have her on the podcast to talk about this exciting topic with a really interesting kind of twist uh, with production as well, specifically on dairy farms. But before we do that, we have some super secret questions that we ask every guest uh, Bradley and Joe will tell you that there is a right answer to each of these questions. They are lying. Don't listen to them. So Joe is going to be asking our questions today. Oh, goodness. Now I'm nervous. Oh, they're not that big a deal. So <laughs> the first question that we got for you, and we ask every guest, we've got the, the tally here so you can know where you stand. And there is a right answer. The first question is, what is your favorite beef breed? Oh. Ooh, I would say Angus. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, that is the correct answer. Uh, you know what that does? That puts Angus two ahead of Herefords now. Wow. How do you uh, feel about that, Bradley? We need some Hereford people on this podcast. <laughs> I didn't even find this guest and we still went Angus. So that's that's where we're at. Angus at eight, Hereford at six, Black Baldy at two. Belted Galloway at two, Brahmin at one, Stabilizer one, Gelby one, Scottish Highlander one, Kianina one, Charlay one, Simital one, and Nalore one. You've had a Lots lot of guests. Variety. A lot of guests, too. Yeah, we have been fortunate to have amazing guests. I usually find all the good ones. Absolutely. Uh, and you're uh, a pro now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them. I, won't, I won't dispute that at all. All right. <laughs> Second question, you might be able to guess what it is. We need to know your favorite dairy breed. Remember, there is only one right answer. I'm going to say Jersey. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> oh Brad and Joe are happy. Oh, man. That this made my day. day. That made day. my day. <laughs> All right. That uh, is great. We needed a little comeback. The last few episodes have been really rough, really rough. Um, Holsteins are still ahead, are they not? By a lot. Holsteins, <laughs> at, Holsteins at 11. Jersey's at eight. Round Swiss at four. Dutch Belted at two. Montbelliard at two. Normandy at one. Wow. We are well, gaining, 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 gaining fast. <laughs> so there, there you go, Megan. You nailed it with the jersey. 
two. We got two. Got to keep fans. the guys happy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We would like to have you on again. So, and then we'll ask the same question so <laughs> no. we can, you know, double the numbers. Bradley, that's cheating. With that, we can kind of dive into it here. So as I already mentioned, this is a part of our special series for Mental Health Awareness Month, which is May. You know, before we really dive into why we brought you on, Megan, and and this research project that you did that we're going to talk about specifically, uh, you know, let's just fill in the blanks for a few people here. So I mentioned that you are from Canada, and as I understand, you did a lot of your grad school work at Guelph, correct? Yes. All right. Awesome. And and you are uh, somebody that we can talk to in the future about all things robots and welfare, right? Absolutely. I, I love robotic milking systems. Uh, I love how health and welfare. I think they go together quite nicely. Um, but I'm also interested in how uh, maybe these technologies also help people and their mental health. That is a beautiful segue. Gosh, you! I don't even need to be here. So... <laughs> Megan, with that said, um, I know recently that you uh, had some research release that you did with, I believe it was Dr. Trevor DeVries, yes? Yeah. Yeah, where, you know, and I'll let you explain it a little bit more, but I remember the the headline that I read in the popular press article was farmer well-being linked to cow health. And I thought, that is so interesting. Like, how can you make that relationship? And it's something I've thought a lot about. And, and I think we've even kind of discussed it here on the Moves Room in some of our past mental health episodes. Uh, so Megan, just briefly, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what this project was, how it got started? I, I guess while I was researching cow health and welfare over the last several years, uh, all my studies were focused on cows and technology and data. And that's all really great. But what I was sort of missing from that picture was the people involved. You get to know farmers and uh, what sort of things are stressing them out, all of the different tasks that they have to go through every day. And, and I just, I want to help people help their animals. Like there's no point in just going in and helping cows. Like it's a, it's a big picture and you need to support the people as well. There's also been some nice research from Canada, uh, also from Gulf, from Andrea Jones-Bitten and Brianna Hagen. And so that kind of inspired me. And uh, I guess throughout grad school, I had a few issues of my own to work through. So I, I've been there and I want to help people be like the best version they can be and be the best farmer they can be. You know, Megan, I really appreciate you sharing that some of this was brought on by your personal experience, which I think is is something really common in people who do this kind of work. And so I think it's really great that you want to add that that human side uh, to what is happening yeah. on the farm. And I'm by no means am an expert in, in human anything, but um, right. I'm making friends who are good at that type yes. of thing. And then we work together. Yeah. Well, and you are a human, so you I have some lived experience. Yes. This is very true. I've been at it for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> With this research, you were looking specifically at, at mental health and, and production and health. And again, this is just in dairy herds. Uh, so it would be so interesting to see this kind of information from other types of enterprises. But what uh, specifically were you looking at, right? Like just production or, you know, health data, what kind of things uh, were involved in this? Right. So 
Um, you're right in saying it was just dairy herds and it was just dairy herds who had robotic milkers. Mm -hmm. um, so in the future, I would love to compare parlors versus robots versus tie stalls and then look at other commodity groups as well. But this study looked at those who have robots, how are they doing? What is their stress, anxiety, depression, uh, and resilience levels? So we give them scores. And so obviously the first three, like stress, anxiety, and depression are things you don't wanna have a high score on, but resilience is a good thing. And it helps you to adapt or manage with hardships or adversity. So I looked at factors related to farm management. Uh, like, do you have automated feeders? How many cows do you have? What's your stocking density? Those sorts of questions. Then I looked at cow types of things like uh, lameness prevalence, SEC milk production. And then I had the, the people's surveys that they did for me. So something I'm curious about, and, and I'm guessing you ran across this, Megan, was, you know, talking about stress, anxiety, depression, resilience. How, how did you explain these things to the farmers, right? Because I think people in general, we all have different ideas of what those things mean or what they are, or, you know, we maybe don't want to admit uh, when we're feeling stressed or anxious or depressed. Uh, so I'm just a little bit curious, and maybe we can cut this out since it's just, you know, for Emily's it's, knowledge. It's helpful. It's helpful to know. Yeah. Um, so I use the same types of scoring system that the other researchers did. It's a list of validated questions. It only takes about 10 minutes max. And it's not how stressed are you from a scale of one to 10. It's a series of questions where you uh, just kind of describe your feelings in a normal day-to-day -day situation and how, how much you like agree or disagree with those types of statements or um, you know, how often do you have like a bad feeling like something terrible is about to happen. So they're just questions that people answer and then you add it up and you get a score. But they are quite validated and quite accurate. I have done them myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I have used some different perceived stress surveys and those types of things. And, okay. Yeah. And I think that that's such a great way to approach it in that stress, anxiety, depression, our mental health in general, mental illness doesn't need to be this big, scary thing. It's, you know, a thing that is part of our everyday lives. If we think about even having a physical injury, you know, for most people, you have a broken arm, you're still doing your normal things, but you're going to have some challenges doing some of your day-to-day -day tasks. And I feel like this is no different. And so I think that using that type of survey really helps show that uh, to, to farmers and kind of reinforce it for me too, that, you know, this isn't a case of you're totally debilitated, can't do anything. And we do have people Absolutely that- Absolutely not, that yeah. Point. Yeah, but uh, it's more about, yes, the, the role that stress plays in your everyday life because- Stress is present all the time. Uh, and it, like you know, a little bit of stress can be good and it can be motivating. Yes. But yeah. if there's too much of that and you're not coping, um, you know, physical, like physical and mental health are the same almost to me, right? Yeah. You can be healthy on the positive end of the spectrum or you can be unhealthy. And if you're unhealthy, there's nothing wrong. You just, you need help to get tools mm -hmm. to get better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I've talked in the past about this three-legged milking stool of our health. So, <laughs> Or this three-quartered you know, cow behind yeah, you. Yeah, or the three-quartered cow behind you. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, 
right? So like yeah. one T is physical health, one is mental health, one's emotional health. And right. we need them all oh, to be- Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying that there's like a fourth one missing. Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay. So back to this research. So what did you find? Okay. So I found that. In, okay. So I, I can't directly compare my results to other studies. So it may be that dairy farmers- with robots are, are slightly less stressed than other Canadian farmers in general. But I can't necessarily say that. But what I can say is the main things were being female. So uh, a lot of the female farmers had higher stress scores, higher anxiety and depression scores than men, which is quite common all over. I found farmers with automated feeders had lower levels of stress, anxiety and depression. So that's like a, the conveyor right, that runs and drops feed or like an automated robot feeder. I also found that those who worked mostly alone had greater anxiety and depression levels. So that kind of makes sense. Like working alone is not only stressful and you have a lot more on your shoulders, but you don't have anyone to kind of go through that with. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is that lameness was linked with stress and anxiety. So higher stress and anxiety was linked with more lame cows. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to, I'm going to, what's the word postulate here a little bit. So, and I know, you know, we can get into the differences between correlation and causation. Well, maybe Bradley can do that because I know he teaches stats, but um, is it, is it fair to say, or to maybe think that yes, when we are, not taking good care of ourselves, it can be more difficult to take good care of our cows. I think it's absolutely reasonable. So if if you're not in a good place, it's harder for you to be efficient at work. Uh, Certain things might be overwhelming. You might not get as much done as you might normally. Um, And so I think how people are doing might affect how their cows are doing. But it may also go the other direction, right? Like people take a lot of pride in, in their farm and uh, I think if your herd is unhealthy, people feel responsible and that reflects on them. So I think it makes sense that it would go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. I just I just want to point out real quick before we go too much farther that Megan's study definitely applies to dairy. And what she found uh, was with just dairy farmers in the study. But some of the references she used in her paper and other work out there is with other species as well, right? So uh, there's a lot of work on the swine side that shows some of these same things. Uh, and then I would say, I mean, this is any farmer. Uh, it doesn't have to be animals even. I mean, this can relate to crops and everything else. So I think that it's really important to make sure that, yes, we're talking about dairy animals with Megan today, but that it applies to just about any farm situation. Thank you, Joe. And I've often wondered with my dogs, who are my children, if if I'm kind of like affecting their health. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think one of the, the cool things that I saw uh, you discuss in the paper was, you know, there's a whether or not like you were talking about, is this a cyclic, you know, kind of thing where you feel bad to so take less care of your cows, but then your cows are in a worse spot. And you don't have as much production. And then there's a financial component that, that comes back around to mental health and you just get in a spiral. I, I, it's really tough to say, but with, with most of the, the dairies in your study, we're talking about robotics, we're probably talking maybe a little more about progressive dairy farmers and people on the cutting edge. 
it, I mean, do you think that affected some of the results where we're talking about their mental health from the get-go because maybe they were in a better financial place to start? I think that's fair. And some farmers have even said to me, well, maybe the people who chose to put in robots were already happier or less stressed or or whatever. And I think there is a difference between Canada and the States in that aspect because we have a bit more stability for, for, for farmers, right? So there are so many questions that I cannot answer and they're all interesting. So great question, but I don't have an answer for you. That, that was a very nice <laughs> Canadian dig at the U.S. No, Thank no, that, like, I, I just, it's just another one of the mm-hmm. stressors. So as I think about this, you know, emphasizing whether it's cow health or, or profitability or, or just a way that being well can benefit your business, do you feel like that is something that can be used to maybe help promote mental wellness and, and seeking behavioral health services for some people if we view it as this is a thing that can have a positive impact on your business? I think so, because some people, myself included, think that you'll, you'll just tough it out and it's okay to be miserable for a while and it'll be fine. But that attitude doesn't really get you any better, right? So um, as much as it's annoying to ask for help or, or to go find a counselor or a doctor or, or you don't want to talk to, like, I don't want to bring people down around me. No one wants to, but there's a point where you just have to ask for some help and you get better and then all of a sudden like your work is better and your whole life is better and it's like wow I can actually manage this who knew (laughs) and and all you had to do was you know talk to a doctor or whatever it was yeah and I would just emphasize that I do not think that is something that is exclusive to farmers either um you know we we know the impact that stress can have and and like you just said Megan when we are feeling better we can give more of ourselves to our jobs and our families, et cetera. Uh, so I think that, yeah, that's a very universal thing, but it is really cool to me to see it in this context and how we're looking at this cow data and using it to tell this story of how farmer health overall can really impact what's happening on our farms. So I have, I have a quick question, and, and we, we touched on it briefly. You said some of the risk factors for poor mental health were being female, manually feeding, and then working alone. So when I look at those, the thing that I noticed right away is like those are pretty difficult to change in a lot of situations, right? So, so if those are my risk factors for having poor mental health and I can't really do a whole lot about them, what do, what do I do? Right. And that's a very good point. I suppose one, one way to look at it is, is if, if any of those things apply to me, it's not that you're like, you're not the only one that those factors are applying to. So it doesn't mean you have to change something. It just means that maybe you uh, can accept or give yourself a break for feeling down or feeling overwhelmed because one of these very common factors applies to you. And other people are experiencing that too. And there are other ways to dig your way out of that feeling, like getting help or you can do like online workshops to retrain your brain a little bit. 
you don't have to change your farm or your identity. Well, I, I, I think this is like a great place to plug some of the networks that are out there for all the different farm groups on whether it's on social media or not, or if we're talking about the, the women in ag network, these are great tools to help you feel connected, maybe help you feel not so alone, even if you are working alone. I think those are great options for, for those kind of things. I'm interested, you know, did you look at other health aspects of the cows or was lameness probably the one that kind of showed up for the most um, part of these uh, robotic farms? I tried looking at strawberries. That was virtually impossible in a robotic herd with a headlamp and I'm chasing around cows. So we didn't really use that data. Uh, but I did look at SEC from their milk records and I had milk production from their robot records. Mm -hmm. So those results were kind of confusing. It was almost as if those who had high SEC and poor production were more resilient. That is interesting. It's very interesting. And, and my study is not like a human social science type of study, right. right? But perhaps you just have to be resilient to cope with some of those things. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I think it ties back to what you said, Megan, how, you know, resilience is really built in the face of adversity. Right. People who who aren't going through adversity have no need for resilience, so they don't build it as quickly. True. And so, uh, yeah, you saying that is is interesting to me, but also not surprising because I think of farms I've worked with that, you know, have battled protothecia or these other really terrible issues who, you know, they they want to get better and they know it's a problem, but they do have this certain calmness about them uh, when it comes to that, because they are like. Yep, this is what you it is. You make it sound so simple. Why didn't you write my paper? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the follow-up paper together. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like natural selection at this point too, right? Between the 80s and, and the rough times that we've had, you know, the the farmers that weren't resilient, are they're, they're gone. You know, they're not farming anymore. True. But if you look at Andrea Jones-Bitten's study of Canadian farmers, all commodity groups, she found that they... Uh, were lower resilience than the the average Canadian. So it's you think far you think of farmers as very hardworking and and tough people, but they they had those differences in their scores. So it, maybe they've been beaten down over time. I don't know. Yeah, it would really be interesting to see this on on other types of dairies, indeed you know, and other enterprise types. And I also think of farms that have a lot of employees and, and how do you motivate other people who are responsible for some of these cow health things to, to make it a priority. And, and if they're uh, suffering or stressed or, or not doing well, you know, what, what does that mean for the farmer, for the cows? Well, and there's uh, a lot of uh, U.S. research looking at farm workers and I wonder what's the difference between like a farm owner versus workers. There are probably a bajillion things that go into it, but I think everyone deserves to have good mental health. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I noticed right away when I was in practice was I could really get a handle on how uh, an owner or a worker was feeling that day by how they were moving cows. So one of the things I mean, cows are incredibly perceptive when it comes to body language, and they can definitely tell when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're uptight, 
uh, when you're angry. I mean, they can, they know that right away. And I feel like I saw that reflected pretty quickly in how cows were moved and cattle handling. Is that something that, that you also, I mean, I know you didn't look at it in this study, but right. just your general thoughts, I'd, I'd love to hear it. I would love to see research to back that up, but I think it's very true. And I know, you know, Temple Grandin, who is the guru of animal handling, her biggest thing is be patient. And when you're upset and in a rush and overwhelmed, that's like the first thing to go out the window. So cows are flightier, right? Maybe they slip and hurt themselves, but there are also so many other reasons like the cows would become lame. It's not just slip, but I do think that people's moods gets reflected in, in how, how they move animals. And, and maybe, it, maybe it even changes your decisions that you make and you don't even know it. I'll definitely agree there. I think moving of animals is very stressful and it can affect a lot of other decisions and things can go wrong really quickly. And uh, yeah, can be very stressful for, for a lot of farms and, and employees and employees as well. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like one thing that comes to mind is, is foot baths. I think it's an overwhelming, maybe unnecessary thing if you're feeling busy and crunched for time. And maybe that's, that's just one, one example I can think of. That's a good example. A really good example. Well, I, think, I, yeah. I always, I always wonder, you know, why, why isn't the foot bath being run when, when we know it needs to be run? And why and isn't I, it getting clean water and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All these things. And I, and I, yeah, yeah I think as, and all this will be my, my shout out to veterinarians for today. Like uh, keeping that in mind is really, really important that it isn't just about the numbers on the farm, just about labor, the, the cows, what's going on and, and looking at that. It's about what else is going on in that producer's life, the employee's life, everything else that's going on. And I think I hear that from producers constantly. You know, they they want to have a connection with their veterinarian, with the people that come to their farm. And what I consistently hear is producers are very unhappy when they feel the veterinarian doesn't know their system. And when they make recommendations that don't really make sense for their operation logistically or whatever else, that that's something that you can't forget that there's other things going on in that that person's life than the farm. You know, the farm is their job and it ends up being a big, big part of their life because they're there 24 seven, but there's other stuff going on. And part of knowing that system is knowing that person, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. and, and from the vet, the veterinarian's point of view, I, I know that they're a huge uh, resource for farmers and they're probably the most respected uh, person who knows your farm in, in general, in general, if they know your system, they're a well-respected person to ask for information or recommendations. Um, but also veterinarians have a lot of mental health stressors too. So, I mean, I don't want to put it all on them, but I think it's just good for everyone to be mindful of what that other person is going through that day and uh, try to respect that and, and just everyone be nice to each other. I'm so Canadian. Well, that's, I love it. Well, I think that's a, that, that's a good point to, to think about is because if, if you know, and, and we've all been on farms, you know, if you go out there later in the afternoon, you don't know what, what happened during the day. And sometimes, if, you know, maybe there was a calving difficulty or something else went wrong. You just don't know what happened on that farm earlier in the day before you got there. And 
you know so sometimes it's to be mindful that somebody may have had a bad day already and uh to, to just be cognizant of that and, mm-hmm. and who knows what what might happen yeah i definitely learned that the raw the, the hard way uh in practice immediately you know showing up and you know it is uh worth its weight in gold or or it's priceless to just ask that farmer when you show up as a vet how's your day going you know what's going on you know that can really set the tone for oh, it's huge, the yeah. rest of the conversation for that day and veterinarians are always in a rush we're also always late so you know there's this feeling of like fault you're late we know that let's go let's go let's go let's go and and that is not the right attitude to have a lot of farmers especially if they've already had a bad day yeah oh yeah and, and something oh sorry something no, else I, ahead, something maybe. else i learned which i think it's really important to share is that the veterinarian isn't able to notice lameness when preg checking your cows in hemlocks so it's something that i think uh, farmers expect them to notice and help with and uh, it's just, there, there's a lot on your vet's plate as well, but they can't notice lameness when the cows are locked up. So if you, ha- if you want to know, I think you need to ask and, and communicate and just say, Hey, can you take five minutes checking out these cows? Cause everyone has a lot on their plate and you just gotta, you gotta ask. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't know a veterinarian out there that isn't willing to do that kind of stuff. If you just ask and that they're more than happy to to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I would say about vets, what I say about extension educators, you know, they want every farm they work with to succeed and and to do well. And so, yeah, I think that's a great point, Megan, about having that open communication and, you know, recognizing those things. And, And Joe and Megan, to both of your points, too, and I think I've talked about this before, you know, we all have different thresholds for stress. And like Bradley said, sometimes you don't know what you're walking into if you're coming in in the afternoon or second shift or what have you, and also recognize that if somebody does tell you, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened, and you may think that's not a big deal. Um, you know, again, that that's not a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to them. And so it's also important that we kind of recognize like, yes, we're all in this together. And we also all experience these things differently. And it ties back to that resilience piece too. Some people are more resilient than others, so they can handle more stress and others will be more easily overwhelmed by it. Um, That doesn't necessarily that one person is right or wrong or that one person is sick or healthy. Uh, It just means that, right, we're all human and and we're at different stages. Yeah, you're not weak because you're more sensitive. I, I have a lot of feelings and it's it's also a good thing. Yes. Some days. Yeah. Another thing I learned, which is cool, I think. So so people do these tests with calves to see if they have cognitive bias. So if there's a neutral stimuli, do you interpret that positively or negatively? And it's it's kind of showing optimism or uh, pessimism. And that's totally what we have. So there's also a lot of cases where if you're in a in a bad place with your mental health and someone just gives you like a neutral stare or a neutral comment, you may interpret it negatively and it may have not even been like designed for that. So that's that's something cool. I'm, I think. I'm super guilty of that. I'll, I'll freely admit that, you know, stress, tired, uh, I'll snap back at something that was completely benign completely benign. So right. yeah, I'm guilty of that for sure. Like the time you forgot to hit the record button, Joe? Oh, there was no. a lot of profanity and a lot of, I couldn't throw anything because my, my, 
my son was sleeping at the time, was taking a nap, so I couldn't be super <laughs> loud, but it was uh, lots of swearing. But luckily, it wasn't recording, so it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter <laughs> at all. Um, I think one of the things we should cover, because especially since Bradley's here, and it's important to all of us, but Bradley's here, so we should talk about it, is that the, the farmer mental health also kind of affects whether or not people are willing. Okay, it's not affecting that. It might affect it. It's associated with people and their willingness to adopt uh, environmental stewardship practices. I feel like that's, that's in one study in one study. Yeah. But I don't think that's a hard leap to make. Right. I mean, some of these things are, they take extra work or take extra time and take extra finances and, and being able to get that up and going and do any project. So I don't think that's a, that's a big leap to make. Um, but I think that's the same, same thing when we talk about animal welfare practices as well. So, I mean, that, the willingness to get after it and and go go out there and get things done and do these things that are a little bit maybe considered over and over the top or it's probably pretty hard to do. And I think everyone wants to do the right thing. Like people want to do, they want to conserve water. They want to have a riparian corridor. Like who doesn't like birds? <laughs> um, and people want to have healthy cows and they want to take care of their animals. It's just it can be a lot on top of what you're already doing. Especially if you're working alone, right? If you're alone, it's even worse, right? Right. And I know people people see birds as a source of shrink, but I like birds. I like birds. (laughs) You can cut that all out. I should. Do you want to repeat that? (laughs) You like birds? I love birds. I have a bird that keeps waking me up at five thirty in the morning. Like a pet bird or a real bird? No, wild birds outside my window, and it's really yeah. Well, maybe you need to work up earlier. No. Nothing but tough love for Brad on this show. I love it. it. Exactly. Because yeah, there's no tough love, especially from Emily, because she's up at like three o'clock every morning. So it's, yeah, it's trying to uh, work you know. out and do crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I also haven't lost 33 pounds, Bradley. Okay. <laughs> Don't have to get up early if you're as good as a tenured professor. Exactly. All right. We are once again Anyways, off we the digress. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I feel like we have really had some great conversation here today. Any final questions or final thoughts from anyone? Bradley, Joe, Megan? Well, I am so glad that Megan has been on today. I think it's a great topic. And I think there's so much more that we can learn about that based on farmers. And, and I'd be interested, very interested in looking at, uh, you know, all, all farm types and knowing what's happening. And maybe you could throw in, uh, you know, whether people have Holsteins or jerseys and we could tell, you know, what, what's, uh, what's a little better there. The stress level associated by breed. <laughs> I think that's a right. good, great place to go. <laughs> Uh, I, I, am in the same boat as Bradley. I think there's so much more to learn. I'm excited to see what else Megan does with this, knowing this was a more of a pilot study. Uh, and, and there's so many places to go. The other piece that we didn't really get in, into as much as, as we could was the connection of, of physical health. I know Megan mentioned it, Emily mentioned it as well. And part of her three leg stool or three titted cow. So that, <laughs> yes. yeah, that is, uh, it's a big piece of it. It's all probably cyclic in my mind. Um, and I think we could probably make a connection to that, you know, directly. Um, and I'm hoping that Megan continues to look at that. I hope so too. Um, we just need some funding. And if you guys ever want to do some, you know, North America type research, we should do that. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm That'd in. Be fun. I'm in. Cool. <laughs> we are. And, and Brad could find grant money for it. So grant money, grant money, grant money. Yes. That's all it does. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we are going to wrap it there. Megan, thank you so much for joining us today and being our kickoff episode for our Mental Health Awareness Month series. We really appreciate it. Uh, so if anybody has questions, comments, or skating rebuttals to today's episode, you can email them to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can find us on Facebook at UMN Dairy and at UMN Beef. You can see what Megan and her colleagues are up to on Facebook at U-M-F-A-F-S. You can also find us on Twitter at UMN Moosroom, at UMN Farm Safety. We're also on YouTube. Just look for Minnesota Extension, Dairy Beef, Farm Safety, all of that good stuff. Thank you again, Megan. I believe that's that's all she wrote for today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The mood we're kind of going for is uh, like similar to how we met, where we're just, you know, sitting around at the end of the day, drinking a beer, solving the world's problems on the back of a napkin. Mm.